Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, May 27th, 546 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures up two and a quarter at 767 and a quarter. December corn up three and a quarter at 722. July soybeans up three and a quarter, 1729 and three quarters. November soybeans down two and a half at 1542 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 10 and a quarter, 1153 and a half. July Kansas City wheat up four and a half at 1233. July spring wheat up nine cents at 1301 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating, leave me a review. If you have not already, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment, uh, give me a crop update, let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. You'll get my morning email every business day before 6 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, all of my grain marketing recommendations, lots of interesting charts, graphics, weather information. My subscriber-only videos are part of this package. I did a video yesterday and tried to answer some questions. I've had a lot of questions from customers lately, uh, just these last several days, especially in regard to the corn market, kind of along these lines. Have the grain markets topped? Has the corn market topped? Was that it? We've seen some selling pressure in the corn market. I think people are becoming a little bit more nervous. So I did my best to not answer this question, but provide my opinion uh, based on charts, seasonals, some of the fundamental factors. If you guys are interested in this premium content, sign up today, $50 a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Russia's Vladimir Putin spoke with Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi yesterday. The two leaders discussed ways to help ease the international food crisis. In a statement following the meeting, Moscow said this, Vladimir Putin emphasized that the Russian Federation is ready to make a significant contribution to overcoming the food crisis through the export of grain and fertilizers, provided that politically motivated restrictions from the West are lifted. So unfortunately here, Russia is essentially using the food situation as leverage for negotiation. This whole deal from from day one of the invasion, it's been a humanitarian crisis on many levels for many reasons, and this is just an additional uh, part of this. So I think uh, part of it is that Russia is is in some ways denying responsibility for the uh, lack of exports out of Ukraine, and that's the big issue here, is that there's just a ton of, of corn in particular stuck in Ukraine, and there's likely to be wheat stuck in Ukraine after harvest uh, here this summer. So this remains a big issue. Um, uh, it doesn't seem like they want to budge here, and I haven't really heard much in regard from in, in regard to the West. Like I haven't heard the U.S. mention mention lifting sanctions. I haven't heard the U.N. mention lifting sanctions. So uh, this story continues, and that's the uh, latest update as of this morning. U.S. drought uh, remains active, but has been reduced in a lot of areas. USDA released its weekly drought uh, maps or data yesterday. U.S. corn areas experiencing a drought total 21%. Uh, that was unchanged on the week, but it's down from 36% in mid-March. I've got the, uh, uh, the current map on my screen here. This is the current drought monitor. Now, here's this. 
And this is where we were in mid-March. So you look in mid-March, a lot of Iowa was drought-stricken. Southern Minnesota had some drought. Northern Illinois, a lot of Wisconsin had some drought. And a lot of that has gone away uh, here recently. You also look at uh, parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, maybe a little bit of, uh, say, the eastern part of the plains. You've seen drought alleviated in some of those areas. So we've still got drought, but it has been reduced uh, in some places, certainly. Uh, this chart here illustrates uh, the percentage of U.S. corn areas uh, in drought, and it's 21%. It was 36% back in mid-March. So it's it's come down and it's been reduced. And I know that if you're in one of these areas that remains drought-stricken, you know, you're in central Nebraska or you're in western Kansas, uh, that news does not help you out at all. But uh, on a national scale, it has been reduced a little bit. Uh, winter wheat areas experiencing a drought down to 66% from 68 the prior week. I don't know that this matters a whole lot in regard to this year's HRW wheat crop. Any relief at this point is probably too little, too late. Spring wheat areas experiencing a drought total only 31% now. That number was 99% in spring of 2021. So you look at North Dakota and there's really not much drought there aside from the far west. Uh, Most of Minnesota does not have much drought uh, at all. Now you do have rains returning to uh, the north uh, this weekend. North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota should, should see some rains return Saturday, Sunday, and then actually a larger system, uh, say Monday, Tuesday next week. Over the next seven days in total, you know, you see an inch, maybe more than an inch of rain uh, in total accumulated in parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Western Iowa, Eastern Nebraska, a lot of Kansas should be wet, uh, parts of Oklahoma, and then your central and eastern areas of the Corn Belt drier over the next week. Eastern Iowa, mostly dry. Missouri, mostly dry. Illinois on the drier side. Indiana, Ohio, just scattered rains uh, to be expected. It's definitely kind of decision time in the uh, Northern Plains in particular. I think there was a lot of planting activity here this last week, and there will be up until these rains come in, uh, say, tomorrow. So what was actually planted? Uh, I don't know. There's still a lot of chatter regarding acreage switching out of corn into other crops uh, in these Northern areas in particular. Export sales were generally poor last week. Marketing year lows posted in in regard to old crop corn and old crop wheat sales. Uh, Soybean sales, not as bad, but still not uh, good at all. Now, despite a strong week of sales, I think a lot of traders believe that USDA might be understating uh, soybean exports in regard to their balance sheets and projections. USDA is projecting a 5.5% decline in current marketing year soybean exports uh, year over year. Sales are only 3.3% behind last year's pace. So if if that's the case and USDA is understating exports, it, it would eventually mean a lighter uh, old crop carryout potentially. New crop soybean sales are excellent, still at a record high level seasonally. We've already got 11.8 million metric tons of new crop beans on the books. New crop corn sales are the second best on record seasonally, but are way behind last year's record pace uh, by a fairly wide margin. New crop wheat sales, I'd say, are average or slightly below average relative to the last 10 years. I didn't run the numbers there, but it's it's not a great program. And I wouldn't expect a great program given these prices. Crude oil futures remain strong. Your nearby July 22 WTI contract peaked at 114.83 yesterday. Uh, next stop could be that contract high, which was 116.43. Uh, that was posted shortly after the invasion, uh, I believe in early March. U.S. gasoline stocks fell again last week. They are at their lowest level seasonally since 2014. 
Gasoline demand declined last week, however. Uh, OPEC has not budged in regard to their stance on production. They're going to increase output only uh, uh, moderately here uh, for the foreseeable future. National average gas prices, uh, record high still, sitting right at 460 per gallon, according to AAA data. Your uh, national average diesel price sits just shy of last week's uh, record high, about 553. So this is really pretty phenomenal stuff. I mean, you look at where we are now uh, in both diesel and gasoline versus just the beginning of the year, and you've seen a, a tremendous surge, and it was really accelerated when the uh, invasion happened in late February. So uh, really pretty crazy stuff, and this is all inflationary, of course, and it, it adds to the inflation issue on both the consumer level, at the corporate level, that sort of thing, all sorts of messy stuff. The uh, cattle market was uh, mixed in live cattle, lower in feeder cattle. Hog market was sharply higher yesterday. Cash cattle has been uh, this week so far mostly 137 in the south, mostly 140 in the north. We'll see what develops here today. Uh, the U.S. dollar is marginally higher ahead of the uh, cash open here. The S&P is up 11. The Dow's up 32. Had a really nice day in the stock market yesterday. Big recovery. Bonds are up. Gold's up $7. Crude oil down 39 cents at 113.71 last trade. Guys, remember the markets are closed on Monday and observance of the Memorial Day holiday. So following a normal close today in the grain markets, we will reopen Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, everyone have a nice weekend. I will talk to you Tuesday morning.